0: In 1972, psychologist Paul Ekman presented to the world the six basic emotions that we human possess: fear, disgust, anger, surprise, happiness, and sadness. Your emotions are the slaves to your thoughts, and you are the slave to your emotions. A remarkable quote from Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat Pray Love. Emotions are complex, they are complicated but they play a crucial role in our behavior. Detecting, understanding and responding to these emotions is something innate for us as humans. A more neurobiological explanation of emotion is a pleasant or unpleasant mental state organized in our limbic system. While the oldest and the innermost region of our brain, which is also our old brain, is responsible or wired for our survival, Limbic system is where our behaviors, emotions, and our memory reside. And if we go a little deeper inside our brain, there are these two omen-shaped clusters called the amygdala, which is primarily responsible for regulating our perception and reactions, or in short, our emotions. When our sensations collect all the random data from the world around us, our perception help us create real sense out of it. And now you must be thinking, why I suddenly started giving a talk on biology when we should be talking more design, right? But you don't have to be a neuroscientist to understand the importance of emotion in our design. Truth is, the biology and psychology of emotions are very much intertwined, and so are their relationship with design. And that's a great way to explain why the same design can be perceived in a number of ways by different people. There is this familiar term in design called emotional design, a concept given by Don Norman, which basically talk about creating long lasting and delightful experiences by using our emotions while designing any product. There is another term called emotional intelligence or EQ, which Daniel Goleman define as understanding one's own feelings, developing empathy for others and regulating emotions in a way that enhances living. Emotional intelligence or emotional quotient is not only the ability to identify and manage our own emotions, but it is also the ability to recognize the emotions of others. I'm Priya Saraswat and you are listening to Immersive Experiences. And in this episode, we'll talk about these two concepts of emotional design and emotional intelligence that although have emotions in common, but are significantly different and yet play equally important role when we design product and services for our users. Delight Creates Desire This was one of the code that I had on my laptop's wallpaper for quite some time. I was very intrigued by this concept of introducing the element of delight in the design process, which can make a product or a feature more likable to its audience. Delight is a strong positive emotion. We seek for this emotion every time we pick our mobile phone, every time we check our Instagram account or watch a YouTube video. Emotional design articulates the sudden rush of positive emotions that we feel after perceiving a product. It can be a physical object like a Prada sunglasses or a digital one like a new filter on Snapchat. You might have heard about this term called MDP to replace the conventional MVP approach. A minimum delightful product or MDP is an idea to give not just a viable product in the hands of our customers, rather something they get excited about. I sometimes find this idea to be very similar and connected with the concept of hooks given by Eyal to build habit-forming products. Delight is the first step or cue that leads to a routine in expectation of a reward and thus forming a habit, a habit formed using emotions. Emotional design has a power to turn your visitors into your users and highly likely your loyal fans. That being said, delight doesn't exist in isolation. If you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the pyramid that talks about different motivations humans have to move to the next level of needs, the shape of the pyramid with the largest, most fundamental need is at the bottom. The crux of the theory is that the individual's most basic needs must be met before they become motivated to achieve higher-level needs. Delight in design is in fact a higher-level need. What it means? It means that the basic need of your user, which will motivate him or her to use your products are in fact usability, function, and reliability. Taking care of those three basic needs will ensure that the delight is in fact creating the positive emotional impact on your user. In this book called Emotional Design, Don Norman talks about three levels of emotional design, visceral, behavioral, and reflective. A visceral reaction is, what you can call the first reaction when you interact with a product. triggered by an initial sensory experience, the response transpires within milliseconds and is immediately reflected on our faces. There is no rational explanation on why we react positively, negatively, or sometimes stay neutral after seeing a design. I think I'm not so sure about this neutral state because We always fall on one side of the spectrum, it's just that our emotion may not be strong enough to convince us that we actually do fall, leaving us confused or neutral. I always quote this expression that although visuals come as a last phase in the design process, but are always the first thing our users will notice. So try to get most out of those love at first sight moments. That said, we should also keep in mind that these emotions are derived from our perceptions and perceptions can differ. A design that appears aesthetically pleasing to one eye might not be too pleasing for another. So it's always good to have your design being built with the focus on simplicity so that it can be used by a larger and wider audience. Simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. Credits Leonardo da Vinci. So, set the mood right for a long-lasting relationship with your audience through visuals. The next level of emotional design is behavioral. It triggers when your users immerse themselves into your product. The visuals are pretty much transparent at this stage. What kicks in is the underlying interaction model. Hmm, I'm not so sure that these actions are taking me where I expect them to take me. Is this content satisfying my need? Am I looking at the right thing? Is this even the right product for me? Ugh. Yes, all sorts of questions are running in the mind of your users in this stage. They are trying really hard to make a conscious effort to find answers for themselves through your product. As designers, we should be mindful of all these roller coaster rides of emotions our users go through. This phase, is where our users want to feel more empowered and in control. So, a familiar and less cognitively challenging experience with right content can help them evoke the emotion of trust that can ultimately create the desire to use our product more often. A influential behavioral phase results in a strong reflective emotion where our users are still thinking about the product even when they are not interacting with it. They are sharing it with others and contributing to it. These are all strong indications that we are able to make a connection with our users at an emotional level. And now we have a delightful product. But wait a minute. The story I was telling so far is one-sided. And this is the way we want our users to respond to our designs. And we have done a great job by implementing our knowledge of emotional design to our work, but We all know how it goes. How many times it worked the way we anticipated. Good news is that it's not the end of the road. To make sure that our designs resonate with our users' emotions the way we think they should, we need to acquire the skill of emotional intelligence. More than ever, emotional intelligence is turning very critical for the success of our products. Being creative is no longer enough. We need to know how to handle the intelligence to understand the context of emotions and the way people react to it. Gone are the days when designers role was just to ensure that people can make from point A to point B and nothing else. We're living in an era where we are spending most of our conscious time in digital world with our phones and laptops and I don't know how many other gadgets. So our goals as designers have shifted to design frameworks that can help people to exist online just like how they do offline. We have to work on building the muscle to listen the needs of people beyond just words. Emotional intelligence works beyond data and logic. Looking at the data and finding that a person is looking at baby products and then filling the inbox of a 17 years old with thousand recommendations on baby products doesn't seem very intelligent. As designers and as product managers, it is necessary to ponder and understand how people are going to feel when we present them with a set of information that can trigger a negative sentiment. There are in fact components through which we can work on becoming emotionally intelligent and build more stronger relationship with our users. The first one is through self-awareness and self-regulation. Understanding our strengths and our weaknesses is a critical step along the path of self-improvement, right? I understand that every organization is doing business at the end of the day, and revenue and return on investment matters, but we can still stay human to stay profitable. Accepting that we are not perfect and sometimes end up doing things that hurt people's emotions and sentiments but showing willingness and intentions to correct what went wrong is what matters. One of the experience I had with Amazon Prime Video where I rented a movie and there were some technical errors in some part of the clip, which I didn't like as I paid for it. To my surprise, I received this message from Amazon apologizing for the bad experience and interruption that happened and refunding the whole amount for the rented movie. I think this is one form of being emotionally intelligent. Another example of introducing elements of self-awareness and regulation is in the ad experiences where Google, Facebook, they try to understand your emotions when you interact with these content on ads to see how relevant they are to you. Another important component that can help us introduce this element of emotional intelligence in our design is motivation. We as designers should focus on understanding the user's motivations to inform our own. One of the best ways to understand motivation is to change the perspective, which is actually the hardest thing to do. And it can be very challenging as well. Each individual has differences, which is influenced by a number of factors, including culture, beliefs, knowledge, and experiences. But we can still work towards it and avoid generalizing the perception, rather analyzing them. Collecting the information about our users in situations by observing them and interacting with them help us recognize those differences. And most important, keep the biases aside. You can't just make an assumption about an audience sitting miles away from you based on your own experiences. You have to be with them in order to understand what they feel and what their emotions are when they are in a particular context and using your products and the very last but yet very important crucial aspect of emotional intelligence is empathy and people skill humility is the best and easiest thing that you can give to this world human-centered design and empathy goes hand in hand in IDEO's human-centered design toolkit Empathy is a deep understanding of the problems and realities of the people you are designing for. In short, put yourself in your user's shoe. Yes, literally. We do have tools like storyboards and empathy maps in our toolkit today to exercise empathy in our products. I love starting every project with a four-column grid that captures business goals and user needs, in first and second column and our assumptions and the picture of a real world in third and fourth column. This helps people like me who are working on building these product and services to see a snapshot of where we are sharing the common emotions with our end users. Are we making just random guesses or do we need additional research to understand our users better? All these questions start coming up as we are looking at our understanding of our users and their emotions. As designers, I think we have this hidden power to surface this element to others and be emotionally intelligent. Emotional intelligence is very much an emerging concept and design, but if applied correctly, it can serve as a powerful tool to combine human emotions, cognitive behavior, and design technology. The idea is just to be open with the possibility that we can create a world based on our emotions, which is more humane and more thoughtful. And this brings us to the very end of this episode. If you like it, show some love by rating it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever platform you listen your podcast on. And if you have any comments or a topic that you want me to talk in one of these episodes, feel free to leave a comment on our Instagram account. But before you leave, in our next episode, we'll talk about complex UX. Not sure what it is? Stay tuned for more and keep those creative juices flowing.